Zero Tiro, podcast by Kobes Visser, the Superman of South Africa, where we take normal individuals to reach their full potential. The following is an interview I'd done with Eden Vale, and it was just a week after I got back from Kilimanjaro. So listen to my story. That was the amazing Shirley Bassey with Climb Every Mountain. Before that, One Republic. I lived and uh, we've... Uh, chosen these songs as an intro because as I mentioned earlier on in the show we're going to be speaking to an awesome, awesome individual we've had him on the radio previously Corvus Fisser from Firewalking but um, we're not going to necessarily be talking about Firewalking this morning, we're talking about the most amazing journey that you have just completed and are still on Corvus, good morning, welcome Uh, wait hang on Corvus, Our our levels are not working there, let's try that again all right, let's go for this one. We are battling with the mics this morning. One, there we go, there we beautiful. Go. You can even hear yourself. Eh? Yes, I do. And, and and it's a great honor to be here this morning, Cheryl, and thank you for having me. And uh, wow, I like the new offices. You thank guys you. are going well. <laughs> yeah, a nice, much bigger studio. So we're, we're very happy here. Things are, are, are working well. But not about us. Come on, Corvus. <laughs> let's do a, a quick introduction for those of uh, our listeners who – who um, didn't hear you when we spoke on spiritually speaking? And I still, I, I did my glass walking, and it still, uh, it, it stays with me today. Wow! Um, but uh, you tell us your your story. Um, yeah, sure, um, Cheryl. Um, I was born as hemophiliac, and as hemophiliac, it means my blood doesn't clot. And uh, over the period of the, all over the years, um, my joints started to disintegrate, and I got arthritis, and I can't. Uh, extend my elbows i can't pick up weight i can't um you know physically with my elbows mm-hmm. i can't uh, walk and about um uh, you can say about three years ago one morning i woke up and i couldn't walk and it was so bad that you know for a, almost a year and a half i was in bed and i had to crawl physically where i wanted to be later on that i got big blisters under my knees that i can't even crawl anymore. Wow. And it was the biggest challenge of my life as a hemophiliac that, you know, the doctor said, you know, we have to fuse your ankles to take away the pain. But then there's a 90% chance that I would be in a wheelchair for life. Because yeah, I mean, fusing things, it's kind of, there's kind of no way back from that, I would imagine. And yes. It's sort of not a journey that you want to go on. Yes. And even if it takes the pain away, you know, the chances of not being able to walk again in my life would be challenging. Yeah. Because... Uh, being in bed, um, you know, I can't exercise, I can't do anything. And uh, it was just, I needed to change that. You know, I was in pain 24-7 at that point of time. And then I followed this one mentor of mine, Tony Robbins. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and he says, you know, aim for, get a goal as big as possible where you think it's impossible, where you aim for um, like, like the sun and you um, land among the stars. And at that point, lying in bed, can't sleep. And I started setting this goal of, I saw a documentary, actually. I saw a documentary. And on the documentary, I saw someone climbing Kilimanjaro um, with their crutches. And uh, it was so inspiring. When was that that you saw that? That was about three years ago. Okay. It was on one of the Discovery channels on, on about Kilimanjaro. And I saw this person walking, and I'm like, if I can just get in crutches, then maybe I can do that as well. Maybe I should inspire myself to do something amazing that I think is impossible. And then I set the goal, and I started sharing it with friends that I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro. And what what was the reaction? They must be like, Kubis, you crazy. Yes, Dude. they were. Most of them were like, no, Kubis, you know, rather, especially family, rather they, listen for the doctors. For sure, because, I mean, they're concerned about you. Yes. I mean, you, you can be 
an incredibly fit person with no um, nothing holding you back, and you can really, really come off. Second best yes. climbing that mountain. Well, uh, well, I'm, we're going to talk about the mountain soon, and I'm going to tell you how challenging that was. And and I do understand a lot why they said that. And and, and the end of the day, just just scared. But in the end of the day, I found friends that believed in my dream and vision, and they helped me and inspired me every day, and said, "How can we help you to make this a reality?" Yeah. And then life went on, and and we made things happen, and and. Uh, I grew, and, and I think because of that, you know, uh, Gandhi that says, if you want to change your destiny, you just first need to change your beliefs and yeah, your thoughts and yeah. words. And I realized I need to change my beliefs about, is this possible? I need to believe that it is possible. And Absolutely. then I had to think about it every day, and I had to talk to as many people as possible. I mean, that makes sense, because if you don't think you're going to do it, you're not going to do it. It doesn't yes. matter what other people think. But yeah. the minute you know you can, you've cro- you've you've cross that first hurdle yeah some say that you are 80 percent closer to your goal just by taking that first step yeah and um about a year ago i was a few months without my crutches and i realized the dream can come true and i realized let me give myself one year uh, to prepare myself for something like that and last year july i booked this july to climb kilimanjaro and it was 9 to 20th of july and the moment I paid it's that a deposit, big deal, hey? <laughs> yes, the moment I paid that deposit, it became a reality. Wow, it's and there was no turning back. All right. So from there, what what was your training regime? What did you do? How did you get ready? Uh, well, I first had to get my body strong. Um, I went for my first hike. I remember at Moraleta, and it was a six kilometer hike. And it was so tough and daunting. I couldn't do six kilometers at the moment, I have to tell you. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, I thought so too as well, <laughs> you know. At the end of the day, I went and walked. And I was, that week, I remember, I was for a week off. I couldn't walk. I hurt my ankle so much because they're not used to that mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I ended up in bed for a week. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? You know, I, I walked six k's and I'm in bed. And, yeah, and the yeah. whole Kilimanjaro trip is 90 kilometers. 9-0. 9-0, up and down. And it's not flat, eh? It's not flat. <laughs> it's, and we're going to get to that because it, there's some difficult parts. And uh, I said, well, I need to change that. So I started swimming, you know, uh, at least once a week and to get myself oh, um, right. also fit. And then I started um, every weekend to go hiking. And right. push myself and get used to the six kilometers. And then I would push myself, okay, let's do an eight. And let's do a ten. And then one day, I went for a ten at Grunkloof. And we thought it was a ten. In the end, it was 15 kilometers. Okay. And uh, that day, I, I felt like dying. I couldn't, you know, for a few days after that, I couldn't walk. I was in bed. I was in so much pain. And I realized, I can't do this. How am I going to do this? I can't even walk 15 kilometers. Um, and then, um, yeah, a few weeks later, I went and challenged that dragon in my life again. And guess what? You know, I, I could do it. Easier. Yes. Did you not at any, any time during that year at any point go, this is crazy. I'm just, what am I doing? I shouldn't be doing this because, you know, we do that just in life in general, never mind on something like this with Kilimanjaro. Did you have lots of times where you just thought, I can't do this? Yes, I have plenty of times. Um, if it wasn't for my friends and, and, and the people that believed in me, I would have given up. Um, because the pain sometimes is, was too much to yeah, say that, yeah. oh, I can't even do it. I, I, I've never camped in my life before. Now I'm going <laughs> to camp, you know, go into a, a no, squat in a, bar, a, a toilet. You know, I'm going to do all of this crazy things. It's not only about the You don't the take it little steps, hey? You go all the way. No <laughs> camping to climbing Kilimanjaro. That's great. 
And uh, I thought, you know, um, I'm putting myself out there. You know, I'm going to do it. But the thing is, the more I've realized, the more we share our dreams to people, mm. the stronger our why become as well. Because at one point, I've told so many people, if I had to quit there and then, I would let more people down and I would let myself mm. down. Mm. Because I made also a promise to myself three years ago. I have this vision board on my phone, on everywhere, even in my office. And, and on my vision board is Kilimanjaro. Mm. And... It needed to become true. Absolutely. And now your family, because I know you've got two young children. Yes. You are married to a lovely lady. Um, they must have taken a bit of strain there as well, you know. Yes. Um, watching you put your body through this, put your mind through this every weekend. How, how was it for them? Um, for my boys, it was It was actually, I don't think they did understand, but for them it was that, uh, Papa's climbing mountain, you yeah. know. And every mountain they say, oh, Papa climbing mountain. Yeah, you there's know? one. <laughs> yeah, so for them, but I think it's for scary for, for the family and the wife and everyone is that I can't walk anymore. You know, what if I come back? And that was especially my mom's, my mom's biggest fear. What if I come down the mountain and I won't be able to walk again. You know, I went to see my hemophilia doctor as well. And he thought it was the biggest, um, he sh- I shouldn't do it. Because he knew me sure. from not being able to walk and yeah. not doing this. He thought, you know, Kobe, you're going to do this, but you're going to come back. And what if you you're end up and you never more. walk again? And, you know, to go against doctors, it's a very hard thing to do. Yes. You and know, how many I- of us get uh, doctors um, stuff that they say about us and then we accept it. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to have that like, I told you so. You shouldn't have done this. I warned you. You know, So you've got so much against you. But you did it. Tell us about the, the climb. Well, um, we got there and uh, the first moment you fly and you see Kilimanjaro. Oh, that must and be goosebump. Eh? Yes, oh, it's goosebump. And then you think you're going to go up there and it's high. Cheryl, I don't know how to explain it to you. You know, you think it's high, but when you get there and you look I up, it's, I get that. I mean, we, we've gone away on weekends and there's tiny little copies and as and the kids go, oh, that's easy. And the first 20 minutes, you're like, oh, look, what have I done? So, yes. yeah, I mean, it must have been mind boggling. Yeah. So the first day we went and we go and I have to inject myself every day because that was the other challenge for me. You know, as we go, it gets colder. Will I be able to inject myself? Is that for your hemophilia? It's that not is for so- Okay, right. Yes. Okay. It's just to make sure that I don't get bleeds while I'm on the mountain. Okay, and okay. that's one of the biggest grateful things on the mountain that I never got one bleed. Uh, my ankles, my joints, all were perfectly. It was like God so knew. It, you it was were being like, looked after. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so the first day came and we walked and it was, uh, it was daunting. It was 11 kilometers yeah. and it took us 10 hours. 10 hours to wow. walk on 11 kilometers. So is the first part kind of um, quite steep or is it just the normal sort of rocks and a little bit of a rough walk? Or Actually, is it the a first day one? was hard, but when I look back, it was the easiest. It okay. was a rainforest, so it was a little oh, bit okay. muddy and, yeah. and stuff, but there wasn't big rocks or something to climb over. It yeah. was just gradually and going up, but it, the oxygen were already, um, there wasn't a lot of oxygen, so we all suffered. And one, one, one of the nice things about the camp, they all just, uh, I remember the porters and the guide saying that when you smell the popcorn, you're at the camp. <gasps> and the moment we you smell popcorn, because they smell. jump popcorn for you, you know, oh, and awesome. then when the moment we smell it, we know we were close. Nice. How many people were climbing with you? We were eight in total. Okay. So it's yeah. a fairly small group. A fairly small group. Yeah. And I think it was perfect because we all were buddy-buddy and we all supported each other. Um, and... Uh, 
uh, I won't be able to, to have done it without them. I think yeah, as a yeah. team, we became stronger as well. And I think we are friends for life. You will be. Yeah. Did I hear you say that you climbed on your crutches the whole way? Not the whole way. Not so okay. the first day was okay. And then the second day we started. And the second day started going over rocks as well. Right. Um, but that, that's also the day that you break through. Uh, the clouds. So at the end of the second day, I started off using a little bit of my crutches, but I also used the walking sticks right. um, because I could still do it. And the second day was a little bit easier than the first day. And um, we got to the camp and that was the most, most beautiful, awesomest view I remember. Looking down and you could just see clouds. It's like you're on top of the world. You know? And popcorn at this one? And uh, Also popcorn. Oh, okay, at every camp every we camp. got. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a thing, you know, you're just waiting for the smell of popcorn. <laughs> And um, but day three was tough. Okay. Uh, day three was the toughest. Is where you go, you go about four thousand eight hundred meters, and so you go up, and then we have to go down again. The up was okay. You know, we go to a place called Lava Tower, and that was easy to aim at. But day three was also a challenge. Suddenly. Um, you know, my tummy didn't feel well. And you have to mm -hmm. be careful because there's only rocks. You know, you go wherever next to the road and everyone walks past you, you know. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that puts camping in a whole other light. Yeah. Uh, if I may ask, how many days in total was it? Um, it, to was climb? A, it was six days. Six in total. days. So, so day three is quite a, like a, a, a head day because you, you're halfway. And like you say, you're climbing up and then down a bit. So it, I can imagine that's the hard day because you know you've still got a long way to go. Yes. And you're already tired and sore. And, and on day three also, luckily for I had extra porters for me. Um, there was a lot of rocks climbing down. You know, it was very steep. So I had to have someone help me because I was yeah. scared the crutches would give in yeah, under me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're like angels, if I had to say that. And, and day three, we get to the next camp and I look up. And next to me, there is a wall, and they call it the Branco Wall. I don't have strength for my elbows, and we have to climb this wall <sighs> out. Okay. Okay. And then there's places on this wall where there's nothing behind you. So if you slip, you're down, you fall. That's horrendous. And so that what was, did you do? That was the scariest part of my life. I didn't – I thought I can't do this. Yeah, I wanted to chicken yeah. out. I said, can't we organize a helicopter or something? Um, but – I think on this journey that I realized, I think it's not about just us. You know, the, the, the team that goes with you, the porters and the guides, are, are so, it's like angels. Yeah. You know, yeah. they are like, they're humble. They're your support. They just, they serve you. They will even wash your feet if needed be, you know, wow. without being angry, without always having a smile, always look you in the eyes and says, you can do this, Quivers. Just take amazing. it slow, slow, yes. You don't hear about that, you know. You just think people climbing are doing it on their own, but you're saying there's a huge support team there. A huge support. We had 30 uh, porters wow. supporting us on this climb. And most of the time, the one porter carried my one bag, and he became like my brother. You know, there was times that I wanted to give up that he would just look at me and he says, pole pole. And pole pole means slowly, slowly. And he would say, pole pole. Like a chameleon baby. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I think it's a great time to say we have a, a WhatsApp. I don't know who this is from. It doesn't say a name. Kerbis, you are my hero, a real-life superman. I will continue to conquer mountains with you, brother. Ah, here we go. Much love, Blomiki, at uh, Killian Purpose for Love. Oh, she's one of the ones that climbed with us. Oh, uh, fantastic. Chantal is her name. Chantal. She was like my mom on the trip. You know, we call her Blomiki because she always had flowers in her, in her hair and on her head. 
and she was always smiling. And, and on the mountain, you know, she would make sure that I have something to eat. Um, she would make sure that I have sunscreen on. And did you know her before? Did you just meet her there? Um, I met her once at a seminar before. And okay. when I said I'm climbing Kilimanjaro, she was one of the first to put up her hands and say I'm coming with Awesome. Well, Chantal Blomicky, thank you for the message and well done for climbing as well. I mean, kudos to you. Thanks for, for listening into the show and for sending the, the lovely message to Corvus. Yeah, okay, awesome. so we passed day three. Yes. Or are we? You got up that, that sheer, sheer cliff. Yes. And then on, and, 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 and that was, um, day four, actually, day four. when okay. we had to climb that. And then you get on top of it and we take photos and we're like, Wow, we just yeah, did it, we you know. Do this. And then you look around and you see the camp, but you see the camp on the same height, but you have to go down a valley uh, and then you have to go up again. Which is not cool, hey? That to go up, tough. down, and up. No, <laughs> the up is the most difficult because you can't breathe. Um, I can't explain to people when you're there, it's like you take two steps and you have to take five minutes to rest and get your breath and then another two steps. It's, really? So you walk like, and that day we walked, it was four kilometers, but we walked about 10 hours on it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And Corvus, was everybody else struggling similarly with, with the breathing and that? Do you think it was because of your condition or was it just that is how it is? I think everyone did. Everyone at some point had their own challenge. You know, yeah, some yeah. started vomiting and some started having headaches and some started having um, stomach cramps. Yeah. So everyone went through their own journey differently. I was lucky. I never vomited. I never had a headache um, on the mountain. For me, it was just breathing. Um, my biggest fear for climbing the Kilimanjaro was my joints. And at the end of the day, that kept me going. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. one thing that didn't keep up was my heart and my lungs. And what you say makes a lot of sense because you were probably so focused on one, on not, not a small area at all, but on your condition that all those other things kind of weren't allowed to get into your head, you know? Yes. Whereas somebody who doesn't struggle with what you do, often, yeah, all of those other demons are going to just come flying in. And uh, so you were very, very focused. Yeah, I, I had to. You know, I remember the one day that I struggled, uh, one of the climbers, Will, came to me and he looked me in the eye and he says, Kubis, and I said to him, I can't. And he looked at me and says, remember your why. Remember your why. And the moment he told me that, I remembered why am I doing this. Tell us your why again. And I stood up and I go, you see, my why was is to be inspiration for the other hemophiliacs, is to inspire them to realize that, that they, they can do the impossible. Yeah. But as I went on this climb, it became more of a why for my sons. You know, for one day, let's say, I, you know, I don't know how long I will be able to live. You know, you never know. You can't plan this ahead. Mm. But I want for my boys to remember that they can go live their dream. Because before I climbed, I talked to my youngest son, Ach, my oldest son. And he looked at me and says, Dad, would you want me to do fire walking like you do for other people one day? And I said, well, I would love that, you know, anytime, you know. And he said, and, and, and baby brother, Vian, and I said, well, that, won't that be awesome? You're taking the family business for it. <laughs> and he looks at me and says, Dad, but Dad, just need to know, I'm on my own journey. And uh, How old is he? Um, he's eight years old. Oh, sweet. He says, I'm on my own journey, Dad, and I'm here to live my life. Yeah. And I looked at it and I realized, and, and that this legacy, this journey became of a thing to show them that whatever you want to go do, go do it. You know, there's no right or wrong. It needs to be your life. That's awesome. Yeah. So they were my wife, my That's two boys. That's a cool dad to have. I think we're going to take a music break and then we'll talk about the, the last. We're on day four now, hey? Day four, yes. So we've got the last two days to go. Um, unfortunately, I could only find the live version of this one, but it is such a beautiful song. Can't do without this one when we're talking to Kerbis. Oh, it's uh, Miley Cyrus with The Climb.
can almost see it That dream I'm dreaming But there's a voice inside my head Saying you'll never reach it Every step I'm taking Every move I make Feels lost in all direction My faith is shaking But I Very abrupt, but that's okay because we're in studio with Curvis and his lovely driver. Thank you for bringing him. Uh, Curvis, we're on day four now. Yes, um, so day four. Let me, let me be a, a good radio presenter. You're listening to Eden AM 1368. If you have any questions for Chorus, or if you'd like to send us a message, we have received one from one of his fellow climbers. You can do so on 0834521143. That's our WhatsApp line. You can send a voice note in. Or if there's any questions that you want to ask Chorus, please do. I'm talking to Chorus Fisser. He is um, a, a, a a life coach. He's a firewalker. He's uh, tell us what you are. I'm a motivational. A motivational speaker, speaker. And, and he's just summited Mount Kilimanjaro, having hemophilia, which is something to contend with. So, take it away, Curvis. Thank you, Cheryl. Um, yes, um, I've, I've basically my biggest challenge is hemophilia because I don't have ankles or elbows anymore, and. Um, and we're on day four, and uh, we're going to base camp. So day four was actually a short hike. It was about a two-kilometers hike. It was about a four-hour hike. And we started in the morning, and we got to base camp, and everyone is at base camp, and everyone is there that is ready to summit that night because you can't sleep at base camp. So we arrived there about um, lunchtime, 12, 12, 1 o'clock. And so we, we eat, and they prepare us and say we need to go sleep. And they will wake up us at about 8, 9 o'clock that we can have coffee. And 10 o'clock, we start hiking. Right. And we need to get dressed. Now, at base camp, I started getting worried as well. My biggest worry at the moment at base camp was I went to go sleep, and um, I can't sleep. The moment I fa- f- um, fall asleep, I woke up by not breathing. Ooh, okay. I, like I'm gasping for air. And I realized... Sure, I, I need to get through this night. And that's a, a worry. I mean, I know just, just generally as, as human beings, if you've got a big day the next day, you need sleep. Yes. And when you're not getting sleep, you start to panic. Yes. So I can imagine. Just to give you an idea, we started that night at 10 o'clock. We only reached the other camp the, 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 the next night at about 8 o'clock. Wow. So it's a long day. And we okay. didn't know. You know, you, nobody that I ever interviewed about climbing climate prepares you for that last night. Nobody I talked to, nobody, they just said it was tough. But they didn't say how tough it is. Um, Because we started hiking at 10 o'clock at night. Now, imagine it's cold. Yeah. um, And then about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, it gets about minus 15, minus 16, I think they measure it. Oh, my word. And you have to walk. And and the scary part is that some of the, uh, the porters don't even have gloves. 
they have just basic shoes and basic jackets. And here we are, warmers, jackets, double layer of um, gloves and double layer of socks. And I had about four layers of pants. I had four layers of, um, you know, the shirts and jackets on. Which doesn't make it easy to climb. It hey? doesn't make it easy. It wow. makes it actually more tougher. Yeah. Uh, and then we start hiking. And all that you have is your headlamp. And all that you have is what you see in front of you, you where you are walking. And we're starting and we're going. And we're going. And you don't see anything above. You know, there's a few climbers that passed us and you can only see their lights where they go. But you can't see yeah. nothing. You can't even see the top. So you, I'm sure, have all of these fears and doubts that like maybe there's a hole to the side of you that you can't see. Maybe it's, you know, everybody's missed it, but it's something you're going to hit or a huge rock or... I mean, it's it's terrible if you can't see where you're going yes. on a and, mountain. And and the, and the thing is, we all said it as climbers when we came down, when the sun was out, and we looked where we walked. We would never have walked that part because there's places that we walked sort of on the edge. So if we just made one wrong step, we would have slid down or Good went down Lord. the mountain. Do you think that's why they make you climb it at night? <laughs> yes, probably just because so that you can be focused. Oh, my word. Yeah, and, and, and it, it is a tough climb. You know, it's the toughest I've ever been. You know, the, uh, getting closer to the top, I got worse and worse. I got to a point where I would walk a few minutes and I would sit down and I can't go. Yeah. I didn't have any oxygen. I, I my heart, I could hear it beating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was deafening in my in ears. Head, I, yeah. you, know, you can't get away from that, and then I can't breathe. A few times that I wanted to gasp at air, and that's the time they say that you actually, when you are at that point, you have to go down because you are close to getting that mountain sickness or altitude sickness. Right. And I was so close. I was sitting there, and I could just see the edge of the board. Now there's it's a lost. Um, 150 meters that you have to climb up and then you're at stellar point and I looked and the guy said there's the board and I'm like I want to quit I want to go down and is that the top no that's not the top yet that's, that's not the top yet yes and and I'm going to tell you where I ended up but I looked up there and, I, and I'm like I can't do this and I wanted to quit and I needed to remind myself of my boys and why am I here yeah, and, and yeah. what God put me here God sent me here for a reason because up to the climb of Kilimanjaro, everything, all the doors open. You know, sponsorships came in, you know. Um, uh, there was a sponsor from Tanin that I never knew. You know, they, they, they sell Avos. And they decided to sponsor me, you know. So people came on board mm. on it this just journey. It to be. Yes. And so I took one deep breath and I climbed that last part and I took my crutches and I go, you know, to have all strength or everything. And I got to Stella Point and I almost passed out there. You know, they did a video of me at Stella Point. Yeah. And people started saying afterwards now that I talked to, they were worried. Even my mom, you know, she said she was ready to get on the plane because they could see I wasn't there. They What's could it like looking back on those videos now? <laughs> um, it's Freaky. scary. You know, it's the thing, what kind of mindset was I in yeah. to be able to push myself that way because yeah. I pushed myself to the limit. You know, uh, I did only get to Stella Point. Um, from Stella Point, it was another 180 meters to Uhuru Peak. And I didn't, at that point, I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the oxygen. I I just couldn't. So we took my photos at Stella Point. You know, it's on the top of Kilimanjaro, but yeah. it's not the highest part. And the scary part after that was to come down. <laughs> so it's not over. It's not over. Yeah. On that note, we've got another message for you. On air message for Kurbis, Kosa. Kosa, with you, next to you, for you, because we can. Friends forever. Love you, Tanya. 
Oh, thank you, Tanya. She's also one that climbed with me. She also climbed? Yeah, so they're all listening. It's amazing. Yeah. She was one of the ladies that pushed herself as well. And she was one of them. I know I met her one day and said, I'm climbing Kilimanjaro. And she looks me in the eyes. I'm coming with. Uh, without You've thinking got twice. a following, Curvis. Hey? Yes. Yeah. And so thanks, uh, Tanya, for sending a message in. It's lovely to see all the ba- the backup and the the love that you've got from these people. Yes, and and I, and I think I can climb many more mountains with them. Sure. So tell us about the the descent now. So the descent, uh, we're coming down. I sort of felt bad I didn't get to Uru, you know. But it's only 180, what did you say? 180 meters. It's, it's another an hour and a half walk. It's not a lot, but at that point, it's a lot. Yes. But, I mean, in my eyes, you were there. Yes. You know, you could see it. Yeah, and, 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 and that's the thing I had to remind myself because I was like, you know, maybe I should die here, you know. I was at a point and said, God, maybe that's why you bought me here you know yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like and nobody wanted me to go and uh even god didn't want me to go because he made sure that i get down but you know what Kobus, it's it's such a like you say the wine the wine it was for your kids and and for a lot of people just for you to give them that that um uh, hope. hope to go and do that you also showed that you you need to make wise decisions as well yes. you know you can't be crazy you can't be too crazy because you are crazy <laughs> but you can't be insane yes. you have to to do what you know you can do and push yourself to the limit, but there is a limit for everybody. Yes. And you were able to to maturely go, right, this is my limit, mm-hmm. and I'm happy with where I got to, and I did it. And that's a very, very important message as well. I think that is the most important message. You know, some of us sometimes live in our ego, mm. and we make decisions in our ego of what was Silly decisions. Silly decisions. You know, there's people that, that still die on, on Kilimanjaro. Yeah, yeah. You know, it dies more there than on Everest. And uh, the, the scary part is, is because you climb an ego, you think you can do it. And I was like, I had to choice. Either I go for Uru or I need to go down this mountain. And I'm good. At, I decided to go down this mountain because I knew how much I was, you uh, still had to do. I still had to do. Yeah, because yeah. coming down, you know, I had to, f- I, I aimed for one rock at a time. So I aimed for that rock and they would help me and I get to that rock and I would sit down and I would get my breathing and everything back to giving my heart rate down because at one point my heart rate was about 150 beats per minute you know at 170 that's dangerous mm. so then I would aim for another rock and I would go for that rock and I would fall down and I would sit down and at one point I just couldn't go anymore and and that's why I say these porters are angels is that they were called up with a stretcher you know there were about 20 of them they all came up and they put me on the stretcher. You know, I, I'm not a small guy. I'm a, I weigh 120 kilograms. You're like a big bear, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I had to trust my life into their hands where they put me on Another the stretcher. Another huge lesson, hey? Yes. And they carried me down as far as they could because then at a certain point it came that I had to go down myself because it was, I couldn't carry I'm me down. I'm thinking of that sheer rock thing. And yes, it's, it's like vertical. Uh, and so what happened is that one would be in front of me one would be next to me in life and right where I put my hands on their shoulders and one would be behind me and they would sort of carry me down yeah, to base camp. Yeah. And getting to base camp, they organized me um, another stretcher with a wheel. So I had to go down a little bit further, get onto the stretcher, and it was – everyone tried to help me, you know, but I couldn't breathe. There was a point I wanted just to take everything off because, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you get to a point where you feel you're suffocating. It's like you're underwater and you just you just want to get out, but you can't. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's why I was at that point. And so they rushed me down to the the, the camp called High Camp where the helicop- helicopter can land. But when we got there about 7, the helicopter couldn't come because it can't fly, fly after 6. 
So I had to sleep that night, and you know the whole team looked after me, and then made did during the night. Did you feel like you were in trouble at that point, or did you did you, were you still like okay, I'm I'm okay? I started feeling better, but I still couldn't breathe. You know, I still mm-hmm. were dizzy. I still. I couldn't get up and walk around and Blomika and Tanya and everyone made sure that night that you know Kevin Quibbers are you okay you know kept on taking on me did they all catch up with you because they they obviously went up and then did they they come back down they came back down and I we all met at the uh, the camp at the bottom because um, all of them you know we talked about it afterwards all of them were uh, strenuous all of them cried all of them was also in a space where they you know at one point we talked and said you know we had a point, you have to look after yourself. Yeah. Because if yeah. you can't even look after yourself, how can I look after you know purpose or will, whoever? Yeah. And so at that point, everyone decided, look after yourself, make sure that you get to the camp. You know, it doesn't matter, you put your life at risk. So we all made sure that we got to the next camp. Yeah. And, um, you know, that night everyone was in pain. You know, my whole face, you know, got burnt. You know, yeah. of the sun. You know, yeah. I couldn't smile. I couldn't move my lips. Everything was burning. Everything was in pain. And, and I have to just say, for for the listener who has not possibly logged onto Kubitz's Facebook message, he is one of the smiliest person I'm, I'm, I've met. You've just got, I w- I'm not saying wrinkles, you've got smile lines. So that must have been hard for you. <laughs> it was hard. It was tough. You know, you try to smile and then your face doesn't want to uh, do, do it. it. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so the. <coughs> The next morning, the helicopter flies in because I wouldn't have been able to go down. You know, the next day, it was another eight-hour walk. How long does it take to to get from top to bottom? From top to bottom is actually fast. You know, you go to uh, to a high camp. That was another four-hour hike Yeah. And from base camp. You get there, you sleep the night. The next day, it's another eight kilometers, uh, eight hours, and then you're at the bottom. You know, so it takes basically a day to go down. But the reason why it takes so long to go up is because um, it needs you need to adjust to the altitude. Yes, yes. I'm with you. So I was but airlifted. Coming down, off. you've got all these aches and pains and and everything that you've done to your body going up. You're you're dealing with coming down. Yes. So then you were airlifted to where? To St. Joseph Joseph's Hospital in uh, in Tanzania, okay. in uh, Moshi. Yeah. And uh, I thought South Africa is, uh, is hospitals, you know, state hospitals you don't want to go to. And then you get there and you realize how grateful for we are in South really? Africa. Yeah. Wow. And that's, that's quite a, a thing to hear. Yes. You know, and I didn't want to stay there. And I'm like, God, you me now, you know. But uh, amazing doctor, amazing uh, uh, helicopter pilot. He's a South African, so he connected and he kept me at peace. And luckily, I had my own medicine because when I got to the hospital, the doctor said, you know, you're good because we don't have medicine like this to give you. So if I didn't have it with me, you know, it could have been worse. So they looked after me. Um, it, It looks like I got altitude sickness. You know? Okay, so you did actually. Yes, I was one of those that got it, and and it's scary because if you think about it, you know, there's a a, a previous person that climbed with Nelson Mandela track last year. You know, he was a racing driver in South and, Africa. I knew him very well. Yeah, yeah a fit yeah. person. I and, know. And, it and, was and a shock. Happened. Yeah, we were all on a, a an advert shoot. A month before he climbed, and he was in peak condition. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I just need to be grateful that, you know, whatever happened, that I still made it down mm. for a reason. You know, I think in a sense, a part of me died on the mountain. You know, we all came back, and we, uh, we, we as a team speak to each other and said, you know, we're all sort of in a low. You know, we're down, we're reflecting, yeah. we're processing, yeah. because we all left something there. You know, they say it's the house of God. 
in Swahili. And uh, when you are up that mountain, it's like you meet God. Uh, was it a good thing you left behind? Or uh, what I'm trying to say is, is like, did you kind of like leave your demons behind? Or, or was it a, a sad leaving behind? I think it was a good. It was like okay. a reborn. Okay. You know, left behind all these things because coming back, Although things that were important, junk. it's not important anymore. You know, to have the and most money, to have a car, no, it's not important. That's real, hey? I mean, because you, you hear people say that and you go, oh, yeah, come on, man, surely not. But that really happened for you. That really happened for all of us. It became like, this is about life. We need to start living. You know, we need to start caring about those who don't have. We need to start, you know, not be selfish, not be in, in our ego. It's so powerful that I want to take people to go experience the same thing next year, mm. next year, July, for those who want to, because mm. I can just see the transformation I went through and our team went through. Um, uh, sorry, I, I know I've, I've done a little bit of a gap here, but there was a lovely thing on Facebook that I, I got sent, or rather WhatsApp about you, and okay. it's the circle of climbing. Well, about, uh, and you obviously experienced this, so... Uh, you, where do you start? Summit the mountain, yes. get home safe, forget the misery, start planning the next climb. Yes. Climb while experiencing great discomfort, swear you'll never do something this miserable again. Summit, get home, forget, start planning. Yes, and that's about it. <laughs> so are you in that phase already? <laughs> already. Um, we all said there's no way we're doing something like this again. And, and, but coming back, I don't want to do it for myself again. I want to facilitate people to do it because my next goal next year is to, with my ankles and everything, is I don't know if you know the Al Camino. No. The Al Camino walk is over 200 kilometers, and it's in you walk from one side of Portugal to the other side of Spain. Okay. And I thought, you know, I, it's not for me about doing the big things like Kilimanjaro, but I realized I need to another goal to do. I need to see, you know, I need to improve myself, not only mm -hmm. mentally, but physically and, and spiritually, mm -hmm. and be on this path and help as many people as possible. Well, let, let's talk about that because we, we are almost out of time here. Um, you, I've, I've seen on a lot of your Facebook postings, day 10 since the climb, day 11, day 12, that you are talking about, guys, if you want anybody to come talk, if you need somebody to, to come and life coach, if you, where do you want to go with this, Corbus? Okay, so there's a few ways. I want to go and reach as many people as possible. I want to inspire many people as possible. And for me, it's about living without regret. It's one of my hashtags, you know, because I don't want to get 50, 60 years old and regret that I didn't do certain things. So I want to mm -hmm. inspire people to take action. So with this, our whole group, we're writing a book. So hopefully by the end of the year, the book would be finished. Okay. Uh, we're also making a small the, video out of group? it. The group that climbed? The, our our okay. group that climbed, yeah. Cool. So we're going to combine a book, and for those who want to, is going to put in more so that we can give people something to read and inspire them. Right. And then I'm busy with Afri Films. You know, we're going to make a small film out of the whole climb nice, and nice. video to go with the book so that we can give it out. But also, I want to reach out to people with disabilities, with people that are in a space where they don't have hope anymore, to go to them, to teach them to think out of the box, to think about their Kilimanjaro and, and tell them, but... The Kilimanjaro is just a metaphor. If Absolutely, you follow the yeah. same steps and you follow yeah. the same journey, you will get to the top. Yeah. Because it's not about reaching the top. And that's what we all said. It's about that journey getting to the top. Yeah. That journey was what we always will remember and, and not the climb. And the, the decision you made a year before going was, as you're saying, like 80% of the journey making that decision, I can do it. Yes. I'm going to do it. And in this world today, we need that 
so much. Yes. I mean, driving into work this morning, hearing the sad news of, I, didn't, I, don't, I can't quite remember his name, but a very well-known professor doctor who apparently committed suicide over the weekend. Um, there are so many people in despair. Desperate people who just have no way to turn anymore. And disabilities range from physical to mental to psychological depression. This is the type of thing that you are trying to to aim at, to give people hope. That's correct. And to to show them that we all go through the same things. I was also depressed one one time. I also wanted to commit suicide. We all go through it. But if we can surround ourselves with people that are inspiring and that are hopeful, I realize it with my seven climbers that we can achieve anything that we put mm-hmm. our mind to. Mm-hmm. And that is what it's about. It's to get into that circ- uh, those circles where I can then share my story. Not only me. You know, the rest of us want to do it as well. We want to bring that hope to people. Was your team all South African? Was all South African, okay, yes. So um, we were three guys and five women. Can you imagine that? I can imagine, yes. <laughs> Go girls. <laughs> so you had a lot of sponsors along the way? Yes, I had a lot of sponsors. Um, you know, just to mention a few. One is Maluma Ava, the biggest ava farm in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And Janine, you know, of all places. You know. I know, that's and awesome. And when I shared my story, they said they're on board. And then there's advanced assessments. There's Dr. Travers, my chiropractor. Um, uh, you know, all of them. I think I almost had 50 sponsors. Wow. And they're on my Facebook. And I'm going to, in the next few weeks, I will take one sponsor at a time. And I will say thank you to all of yes, them. Yes. So people can see who was mm-hmm. on this journey with okay. me. And I know we, we hate to do this. We're always quite um, uh, shy to talk about money and going forward, but I'm sure that you would love those sponsors to stay on board with you and for more sponsors to come on board to go forward and to be able to to take other people on this journey with you. That's correct. Uh, My idea in the long run is to get um, people that have nothing, that are jobless, because most of our hemophilia community don't have work. Sure, that makes sense. You know, because they can't work and they get laid off. So for me is to get them to small workshops to either get laptops for them or some cell phones and show them how can they start small businesses online, on Facebook, on social media, their own websites. Because all that we need today is a phone and we can do anything. Absolutely. You know? and, yeah. and that's the thing I want to inspire and give them hope to start living their dreams. Fantastic. Well, I want to pledge to you that at Eden Radio, we want to be part of that. So you need to just keep in contact with us as much as possible. Let us know all the things you're doing, um, any events that you're having, any fundraisers, and we'll do whatever we can to get the message out there. Because I wow. think um, what you're doing is it's amazing. It's awesome. Thank and you so very are much. you. And well done. And uh, well done to your family for standing behind you. I know it's it can always be, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in talking about the family because they're the backbone, your family yes. and your friends, and to the the climbers that went with you and the porters and everybody around you. Yes, no, definitely, and and I think uh, I think that is what everyone needs to understand is that surround yourself with people that believe in you, family, yeah, friends. Yeah. Because then you can conquer any mountain. You can. And especially if I have to take our relationship, you know, me and you come now three years and just, it just gets stronger and just shows that, you know, no matter who you are. You, you make a connection. Yes. And if it's a good connection, it'll carry on. It will carry yeah. on. Kubis, how can we get hold of you? Um, if people can just connect me on Facebook, right. it's, uh, remember it's Kubis with a C, you know, yes, C-O-B-U-S Fisser, yeah. or they can send me an email info at com. And uh, I think the best is to connect with me on Facebook. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. follow my page. Your page is lovely because it's it's you've got sort of blow by blow sort of little videos on what you went through and what you what you're going through now. Um, you you were just actually in in bed this weekend. You still, I mean, we haven't spoken about that. Coming back, it's day ten. You said now. Uh, day twelve. Day now. twelve. Okay, and you you were still. 
pretty bedridden up until the weekend. Yes, um, they they said I had bronchitis, um, coughing. I can't sleep. You know, pain. So I've been trying to rest as much as possible. Right. Uh, sometimes the last few days I couldn't walk because I get dizzy. Yeah. So you know, I, I think it was also a way of, of God to tell me, Kubis, you need to rest. Yeah. And it's time to recuperate. Just reflect. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio this morning. I mean, you walked in here looking. Like a pillar of strength. Thank you. And it's always lovely to talk to you. And you're a friend, so come back anytime. You can get hold of Quibus on his Facebook page, Quibus with a C, Fisser, V-I-S-S-E-R, or email, what was that? Uh, info at info Quibus at but, but best the Facebook page. And it's a lovely, a lovely page to go on to because there's lots of little videos and, and you see a lot of stuff and you see the smiling, happy Kerbis. Thank yeah. you so much for being in studio with us this Thank morning. you for having me and thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, <laughs> always. And to your lovely driver, thank you for bringing Kerbis to see us this morning. Yes. I hope you have a very restful, relaxing week ahead. Yes, I will. Thank you very much, Cheryl. You're listening to Eden AM 1368. The time is 9 minutes to 11. We'll be doing an 11 o'clock news. But before that, let's squeeze some more music in. How's about something from the Cranberries? Uh, a great song to play after the interview with Kobus. This one is called Dreams. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Please tune in next time when I take you to your next level. Please share with all of your friends and all social media. Have a nice day.